0: Hello! This is the SciComm Toolkit podcast, the show for scientists and science communicators to gain all the tools they need to bring their science stories to life. I'm Soph, or some of you may know me as Soph Talk Science, and this is my little passion project. So, as I sit here recording this for you today, I'm eating Christmas chocolate that's probably not a very professional thing to be doing, but hey-ho. And also, don't believe for a single second that any chocolate in a house that I live in lasts five months. But because I wasn't able to go home and see my family over Christmas and New Year because, you know, COVID, I still have everyone's Christmas presents stacked up here on our spare bed behind me. And earlier this week, I realised that Some of those things that we bought were edible items so I found myself unwrapping those particular ones to check the use-by dates and so on and so on and it just so happens that some of the chocolates are now disappearing into my belly. So sorry to any of my family who might be listening to this I will buy some more probably not Christmas themed chocolates to replace your gifts that I've now eaten. Anyway on to today's episode. Today I want to tell you the one thing I think all science communication needs and that is, drumroll please, a strategy which is just a fancy word for a plan really. In today's episode I want to talk a little bit about why your SciComm needs a plan, what things should go into that plan and then a great tool that you can add to your SciComm Toolkit in the DIY section of the pod. Let's get to it. Okay, okay, I realised that me saying to have a plan or a strategy seems really obvious. I totally get that. But you'll be surprised the amount of times communicators or researchers just Post to social media or just publish a new article. There might be various reasons why things might be done a little bit more on the fly, but ultimately it is not going to help your SciComm have as much impact as you possibly could. Having project plans and strategies, I found, are far more common for public engagement style events and science outreach type events because, well, you can't just create a science festival out of nothing. Those bigger events need planning, especially if there are multiple people involved. But your science communication, whatever form it takes, can really benefit from a plan, even if it is something you are doing by yourself. Let me tell you why. First things first, it is going to help you stay on track and guide you, especially for a longer-term project rather than just a one-off blog post or news article. I know blog posts and podcasts and so on can be part of a series or an overall bigger goal, so we are going to look at social media strategies and blog strategies, content strategies, etc. in their own episodes in the future. A plan for your Psycom is going to help you work out what is working, what isn't working, and then make any changes from what you have learned. Having a plan will make you more efficient when you are creating and developing your project. You will already know what you are trying to do so there is less time faffing about or procrastinating. Or maybe that's just me. Having a plan for your cycle will help you to work out whether it has been successful or not. Having a plan will help you to work out whether you need to find some collaborators or invest in some training for yourself before you start. A plan can help you create a schedule and a timeline that works for you and around your other commitments. It will help you to double or triple check that what you are trying to do aligns with your why and your audience. A plan can help you identify the risks. A plan could help you to get the funding you need to make this project a reality. I'm sure there are hundreds of other reasons as well. So hopefully now I've convinced you that a plan for your PSICOM is a good idea and hopefully you're even mentally jotting down some initial thoughts about yours. But what needs to go into your science communication strategy? Your plan should be a summary of everything that you need to do in your project from start to finish. This is the aims and the goals of your project, the inputs, the participants, the objectives and how you are going to evaluate your project's success. I'm going to break each of these down for you, but there is something you should do first if your project is not completely new. Let's say you are running a school's open day at your research organisation, for example. This might not be the first time that you have done this. So before you create your project plan, it is good to review what happened last time or even if it's an ongoing project, review what is currently going on. That is going to give you the strong starting point to write your plan this time. I guess even if this is a new project for you, you can do a bit of background reading or research to see what has worked or hasn't worked for others who have done similar things. More and more people are sharing case studies of SICOM projects now that are freely accessible as well. So back to the core components. First is the aim and your goal of the project. Now, if you've listened to the very first episode of the SciComm Toolkit, then you'll have this one down already. If you haven't, I recommend going and listening to that episode after this one, and it will help you to work out why you want to do your SciComm project at all. This is the big overarching goal of the project, the purpose of why you are doing it, if you will. The next key component of your strategy is the inputs. This could be a whole range of things depending on your project. So let me give you a few examples. It could be your time and money. It might be the time of researchers or volunteers that you would like to get involved. It could be a strategy you have to follow. If you're hosting a bigger event, it could be all the individual activities and games that will be at your science event. If it is a blog, a YouTube channel or a podcast, it might be all the equipment and software you need. The inputs are basically anything you'll need to put into the project to try and get out of it what you are trying to achieve. The next component is participants. If it is a project you're doing by yourself, then this will be a quick column for you to fill in. It will be you and your audience. That audience that you know inside out after listening to episode two. If your project is a little bigger, then you will need to list out all your collaborators and stakeholders or the different audiences you are trying to reach. It might include politicians if you are doing a science policy project. It might be the guests for your podcast or radio show, or your film crew if you are out making a documentary. This is is everyone that will contribute to this project in some way or another and now we come on to the objectives now you might be thinking why do we need objectives when we have a goal so as I mentioned the goal is the big picture if your goal is something like um, to inspire more girls into STEM careers for example You are not going to see that impact for a few years to come and your project might just play a small part in that decision and even if they do make that decision you can't say that they made that decision directly because of your event. Your SICOM strategy needs to have short, mid and long-term objectives but crucially they need to be smart. S-M-A-R-T and by that I mean specific, measurable, attainable, relevant and timely. I'm sure you may have heard of that before or a variation of those words. I explain more about it and how to create SMART goals in a blog post which I will link in the show notes for this episode. But these objectives represent the outputs from your project. Short-term objectives are ones you can measure almost immediately It could be the number of girls who visited your activity or the number of people who read your science news story within 24 hours of it being published or even whether your audience gained new knowledge from your talk. Medium-term objectives are something you could measure a few months to a year out. It could be sign-ups to a newsletter after coming to your event, Or the increase in your website analytics from people coming back to your site after reading your news story. Or your audience passing on that knowledge that they learned at your event. Long-term objectives, I would say, is anything over a year after your event. These are the hardest to measure because it means you need to stay in touch with people. You need to remember to go back and collect that data. Or they are things that you can't really measure or know that they are directly related to your project. But it could be things like um, researchers receiving funding for a project based on the interactions they had with patients, or more people are now going to have smear tests, for example. We need these objectives alongside a big picture goal because our project aim might be something we can't measure. Having those objectives allows you to assess a little more easily whether your project was a success or what you could improve for next time. Objectives also help you to focus your energy on where and how to work towards those big goals. They help you to progress while still keeping one eye on that big picture. The final key component you need in your Psycom strategy is an evaluation plan. What are you going to measure When and how are you going to measure it? And all of that will help you to determine the impact of your efforts. It is also worth noting here that you might need to take some baselines now, like the number of followers you have or the average monthly podcast listeners and so on. This is where your short, mid and long term objectives can also help. If you want to measure whether the audience at your talk learnt anything, You might want to devise some way that you can capture how much they knew about, let's say, volcanoes before they went to the talk and then see if that moves along a scale after they've listened to it. We are going to talk about evaluation much more in the future, so don't panic too much now. Just start thinking about ways that you can measure your objectives and ultimately the success of your project aims. Once you do your number crunching after your project is done it will help you to review what happened and what to change for next time. So to briefly recap your science communication project needs a strategy or a plan and in that plan you need to know your aim, the inputs, the people involved, the objectives and an evaluation plan. Now I feel a little bit like All the episodes so far have all been talking about all the things you could and should do before you even start doing science communication and I'm sure you are sat there waiting to get your teeth stuck into a bit of a meatier topic like growing Instagram followers or how to write a science news story. I promise that will all come in good time but to do science communication well You need to invest time into planning, not even the planning of content for your videos, the activities for your festivals, the actual putting words on paper to turn into your popular science book and so on, but the planning of your project as a whole. Allowing yourself that time before you even start is going to set you up so well for SciCom success. This is the DIY part of the podcast. I designed the pod to include this section so you had actionable things to do right away after listening to each episode. Because I don't know about you, but I am super guilty of consuming all the blogs and the videos and books and courses with all the tips and advice that I'm looking for. But then I don't do anything with them. I don't take action a lot of the time. So that is why I created this self-assembly arena so you had actionable exercises to take away and build up your psychom toolkit, things that you could put into practice right away. So what I have been describing to you in this episode is something called a logic model. A logic model is basically a roadmap or a simplified picture That displays the connections between your resources, activities and outcomes within your project or plan. They are used in a range of different industries and there are loads of variations too. For example, the example that I'm going to share as part of this episode includes all the components I mentioned before. But it also includes um, columns for assumptions and risks. If you do a quick Google search for logic model, it will show you pages and pages of slightly different versions. You might want to add assumptions and risks into your plan. It might not be relevant. So these plans are flexible and as with most projects, they will probably evolve as you go along too. That's completely fine. That's completely normal. So for today's DIY toolkit, head to my website that's softtalkscience.com forward slash psychom toolkit and under episode five you can click on resource. This is going to take you to a completed example of a logic model for a public engagement project about parasitic worm infections. And you can use this as a template to create your logic model or plan. So go take a look and then start creating your logic model or psychom strategy make a table and fill it in, or just list everything as a list in a document, whatever suits you. But once you've filled that in, you have your plan and another essential tool to add to your SciCom toolkit that will help you to bring science stories to life. I hope you found today's episode useful. If you did, then do let me know. You can find me on insta at sof.talks.science. Or please rate and review the podcast. It helps others to find the tips that I'm sharing as well. There is one solo episode from me left for this first season. And then I'm going to wrap this season up with four interviews with some amazing guests so they can share their wisdom with you. And also so you don't get completely bored of my voice. So if you don't want to miss out on hearing from some other amazing communicators then remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any questions about what you have heard in this episode or anywhere on this podcast, please do get in touch. I do love hearing your feedback, positive or negative, as it helps me to make this better, as I am still learning myself. Or if there are any topics you would love to hear about, then please let me know so I can make this the resource I aspire for it to be but more importantly the resource you are looking for, I hope. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you are doing and I will hopefully see you in the next episode. Ciao amici!